I had so much I had wanted to say to you today. But let me begin by saying that it is a joy to be received in this space by your smiling, contemplative sometimes faces, by your incredible energy, and by this spectacular artwork on the walls. Thank you, Jim Kasuba. I look around at these paintings and I see love. Much like when I looked around and saw Dan Wells' photography, I saw love. I hope we can keep this up. It's one thing to share our love in our faces, in our embraces, in how we talk, walk, move with each other as a community. And then it's another thing again to put it on display for the world to see. Because I think it makes the world a better place. When people enter a place and they see, oh, folks love this place. Sometimes people have to be told. <laughs> they need a clear sign. I am very conflicted with what I want to share with you today now, because there's only one word that keeps on coming up for me, and it has no place in my sermon, and that word is guns. 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 I wanted to talk to you about what I did this summer, which had a lot to it. I, I'll admit, I'm not as rested as maybe I should be. Um, and not because I was having lots of fun and running around all over the place, but because it was such an intense psychological and emotional time for me. Um, I did a lot of reading, and outside, outside of the uh, meeting house, outside of the, the parlor, you'll see um, a list of some of the books, actually most of the books that I got into. Um, I had the joy of being able to take uh, a road trip down to North Carolina, as I do every year for the Wild Goose Festival, which I will get to in a moment. Um, but that's a lot of driving. I mean, it's total, when I add it up each way, it's about 16 hours, so about 32 hours of, of, of just driving time. It's a great way to get in your audiobooks. I encourage you, drive to North Carolina just for audiobooks. Um, what was wonderful for me in exploring these books is that um, I think it exposed some preoccupations of mine. Um, I started with a book called We Live for the We. The subtitle is The Political Power of Black Motherhood. It's by an author by the name of Danny McLean. I would like to recommend that every single person in this congregation read this book. Um, it is enlightening. It is heart-wrenching, it is just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And one of the reasons I wanted to tell you about reading that book, and I won't get into it, I don't want to spoil the book for you, is that I drove to North Carolina, and then on the way back, I stopped in Charlottesville, Charlottesville Virginia. I was actually too tired to keep on driving, and I found myself in Charlottesville and realized, wait a minute, Monticello is here. I've never been to Monticello. Let me go to Monticello. 
So I went to Monticello. And it was such an incredible wake-up call to have been reading a book about black motherhood and then to be on Thomas Jefferson's plantation. And for those of you who don't know the Sally Hemings story, you might want to read up on it a little bit. Because the next book I was compelled to read was called Master of the Mountain, Thomas Jefferson and His Slaves. It was deep. The con contrast of Danny McLean, Thomas Jefferson, being on the Monticello plantation, seeing a space that one man created entirely for himself, a box. It is a box. It is a brick box. And it's all about him. Now, it is stunning. It is absolutely beautiful. But it's a box, folks. Every room is focused on him. Every single aspect of how that whole mountaintop functions and operates is about Thomas Jefferson. And I think to myself, what kind of a culture creates someone who would create a box for themselves to feel safe in? The world busted in on my idol when the President of the United States decided to tell people of color to go back to where they came from, which again brought up some of what is in Danny McLean's book. And that is where my fatigue started to set in. I was actually doing pretty good coming back from the Wild Goose Festival. But hearing those words, seeing those words, rather, from the President of the United States brought me back to arriving in Framingham, Massachusetts in 1974. And that was one of the first things that happened to me was a child said, go back to Africa. And I know I'm not alone in that, that this tiny gesture of a tiny human being some 40 years ago could completely re-traumatize me, an adult. And so all of that contrast added up to a very, very fatiguing vacation compounded by this weekend. But I want to bring you back a few days before I got to Monticello, when I was at the Wild Goose Festival in Hot Springs, North Carolina. Some of you I might have told about this before, but I'm on the board of the Wild Goose Festival. I'm proud to be on the board of the Wild Goose Festival. It is a festival, it is a music festival, that is also a spiritual festival that is run primarily by evangelical Christians. And what, you may ask, was a Unitarian Universalist doing up in that house? Well, they're super progressive evangelical Christians. I got to know a few of them about, I don't know, 10 years ago, and I said, you know what? If you really want to have an interfaith conversation, if you want to have a conversation that opens up what it means to be progressive Christians, you need to have some folks who are outside of that box show up. And they said, yeah. And so I started on a small personal little campaign to get more Unitarian Universalists to show up. 
going into places like GA and talking about the Wild Goose Festival, talking about it all through my seminary time. And you know what? There were probably, I would say, easily 30 Unitarian Universalists at the Wild Goose Festival this year. That was impressive to me. What's even more impressive is, <laughs> is that next year we're going to have a tent. It's not going to be just us bodies showing up. We're going to have a full-on tent, Unitarian Universalist interfaith tent, because the Episcopalians have a tent. <laughs> the Lutherans have a tent. I'm like, why not the UUs? And if you think this is just, you know, this, when I say progressive evangelicals in the woods of North Carolina, you might get this whole revival thing going on. And actually, there is a very deep sense of the revival going on. But let me tell you about some of the people that came to speak at the Wild Goose Festival this year. Jackie Lewis from Middle Collegiate Church in New York was there. Yvette Flunder, Bishop Yvette Flunder from City of Refuge. And if you don't know City of Refuge, I encourage you to look it up as well, but it is a highly progressive church. That's an understatement. It's the only place I've seen Pentecostal, um, Pentecostal uh, uh, trans people, trans women of color, actually speak in tongues and fall out, the whole thing. Yeah. We had William Barber this year. We even had Marianne Williamson, no joke. It was a big tent. <laughs> it was a big open space. And that, to me, it sparked something in me. I was talking with a colleague who was there as well, who actually grew up UU, steeped in UU, superhumanist. But he was asked to actually participate in delivering communion. Because the way we do it at the Wild Goose Festival, everyone can do it for whatever reason they need to do it. And he experienced, and I realize this is about three to 4,000 people, okay? So he's doing communion for hundreds of people. And he comes up to me afterwards and he says, what are we even doing in Unitarian Universalism? that we can't have something that beautiful. And I say we can. We can have something that beautiful. We can do things that are this beautiful all the time. We can think outside of boxes, thank you very much. We can be creative. We can be innovative. We can inspire people to not walk into public places and shoot each other. We are the ones we've been waiting for. What I did this summer was I got to see what church outside of a box looks like. I was reminded of what faith outside of a box looks like. I was reminded of the founding fathers who created boxes for themselves way up on hills 
and raped women to create more property. I was reminded of the horrible disconnect in the history that we all carry in this United States. But I go back to that experience of joy, of love, of rain, blessed rain and all that heat coming down on us, showering down on us, all of that church outside of a box. There's one other thing I did this summer. I have a good friend, he actually uh, comes to church on a, a, a semi-regular basis, a little more difficult now because he now works on Sundays, but um, David Waters, a uh, young seminarian from HDS, is working at King's Chapel. And he preached this summer. Lovely sermon, beautiful words. And I don't know how many of you have been to King's Chapel. The King's Chapel, very old church on Tremont Street there in Boston, it does our pews one better. They got doors on them. Oh yeah, and they're elevated and high. I remember sitting in one of these boxes and thinking to myself, wow, this is entirely inaccessible. And I was reminded of that because at the Wild Goose Festival, one of the most beautiful parts of the worship outside of the box, quite literally, was the deep, deep commitment to accessibility that existed. That every space was at least attempted to be able to be accessible to a scooter. That the sign language interpretation was not just someone they got off the street, but these were people with theological backgrounds, a couple of ministers who were really good at it and brought the passion of someone's words to signing. I had never, and I've seen a lot of signing, I had never seen it that dynamic, that powerful, that outside of the box. And so I'm sitting there in King's Chapel, and someone was telling me about the liturgy and the beauty of the liturgy, and I thought, okay, that might work for you. And I have nothing against liturgy working for people. I have nothing against boxed pews working for people. And no, this is not a campaign to have us get rid of the pews yet. <laughs> but I want you to take away today a commitment, a commitment that Bishop Yvette Flunder asked all of us clergy to share beyond that beautiful, beautiful worship outside of the box in North Carolina. And that is to remain open to the fact that it might be you, meaning you might be the one with the great idea, the great commitment, the great passion, that great something that takes us to another level, to another place, but that surely and will always 
take us way outside of the box. May it be so.